Welcome to Always and Forever, a One Tree Hill podcast where two lifelong friends and superfans analyze and dissect the greatest teen show from the early 2000s. Before we get into this week's episode, Caitlin, I believe you have a review from a fellow listener to share. I do. It's very exciting. Please. We got a five out of five Always and Forevers from username SC753. My people, I was so worried you'd stop producing this podcast when Drama Queens came out, which is Avi also amazing, because I look forward to your episodes every week. The banter, the swooning, and the thoughtful reflection and dissection. I'm so glad I'm not the only one obsessed with this show. I feel so seen. Each week feels like settling in with friends to chat about our totally not unhealthy obsession with the best teen show, One Tree Hill. Aww. Oh, yeah, we did that. not stop production because of drama queens. As a matter of fact, we have a Patreon-exclusive podcast called Royal Review, where we talk about drama queens. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, so, you know, if you want to listen to our thoughts on that wonderful podcast, please check us out, patreon.com slash alwaysothpod. But anyway, other than that, this is a really great review. We really, really fucking appreciate it. I love that we're finding our people, and they're finding us. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was not expecting to have a little community of listeners from this podcast. Yep, and they appreciate our banter. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Just like we do. You know, even though, even during, like, some of the tense moments that are, like, edited out, you know? Yeah. Remember that time you like threw the microphone at me, Caitlin, because I was I was supporting I was shipping Brooke and Lucas too much. And you just said, you know what? Fuck you. And then you know what? We worked through it through therapy and we were good. I mean, there's been some moments where it's been mm-hmm. really, really heated. <laughs> Raised voices and everything. <laughs> but we had to get it out of our systems. <laughs> We're good. We, we, you know, we we really we really went through. We're we're we both seeing a therapist. It's it's great. Podcast therapy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the listeners are gonna be like, um, release that fucking content. Where is it? <laughs> There's a reason why it's unreleased, listeners. There is a reason. Anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess we need like a what do they call it? A what what's it called? I can't even remember. <laughs> like the funny the funny stuff from that's cut from movies and shows and everything. The bloopers. The bloopers. I couldn't think of Are the those word. bloopers. Would you consider these bloopers, or would you consider them like you know tense moments that nobody should ever hear ever? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll table that. Anyway, this week we are discussing The Trick is to Keep Breathing, the ninth episode of season two, which is written by James Patrick Sotero and Chad Five Ash, directed by John Asher, and originally aired on the WB on November 16th, 2004. As a reminder, this podcast is spoiler free, but stay tuned after the credits for a fully spoiled discussion. Somebody told me that this is the place where everything's better and everything's safe. Tree Hill Formal is tonight, and everyone is pairing up. 
Peyton and Chris convince Haley to record music so that she can perform a set at Trick soon. But the catch is that Chris wants to practice tonight, the night of the formal. Haley is late to the formal because of the recordings, and Nathan is upset because he had planned a whole romantic night for her. As they are being crowned king and queen, Haley's song with Chris comes on over the loudspeakers. While Nathan thought he was surprising Haley by sharing her music, he didn't realize that the song was recorded with Chris while he was away on his road trip. Mouth reveals to Brooke that he was actually the one that took her home the night of Trick's opening, and that Felix was the one who bought her dollhouse back. Brooke becomes upset by this and accuses both Mouth and Felix of being liars. Peyton's emotions catch up with her at the formal. She feels pressure from Rick to do the drugs he gave her, misses Jake and Jenny, and is reminded of her mom because she's wearing her old dress. After Peyton gives Anna a compliment on her appearance, Felix makes a homophobic remark. Anna becomes defensive and tells Peyton to, quote-unquote, not be so gay. Later on, Anna apologizes to Peyton for how she responded. The drama continues at the after party. Haley and Nathan argue about Chris, and Nathan tells Haley to read a letter from High Flyers in his top drawer at home. She soon finds out that Nathan turned down the basketball camp because of Haley. Anna is drunk and wants to have sex with Lucas, but Lucas gently turns her down and says he wants to make sure he's in love the next time he does this. Brooke and Lucas have a nice chat on the beach and decide to be friends moving forward. In other news, Dan's doctor calls Lucas to ask why he didn't take the HCM test, and he also reveals that Dan passed his stress test weeks ago. Lucas knows something is up and confronts Dan about it. And Dan confesses to Deb that he lied about the test because he still wants to be a family. Deb admits that she still wants to be a family too, but truly hopes that Dan is being sincere. Enjoying Haley's famous frozen waffles, I'm Jeremy Rodriguez. And deciding between straight or curly hair, I'm Caitlin Ellenich. <laughs> <laughs> that part of the episode is so funny. <laughs> I love that scene. I was like anticipating it. <laughs> she's Anna's looking in the mirror and then like, she's like, do you think Lucas prefers straight or curly? And then Peyton and Brooke are like on both sides where they're like, um... They don't even know She's what to like, say. Half and half. Oh my god, that part is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so good. So good. All right, so today's episode is titled After the Song, The Trick is to Keep Breathing by Garbage. Is the song Garbage, mm-hmm. Jeremy? <laughs> is it good or garbage? I, was... <laughs> I, I want to say the salt is garbage. It's pretty good. I actually like garbage. I can't name any salt off the top of my head that I like by garbage, but... They're pretty cool. I've never heard. I was actually supposed. You never heard of them, really? I don't think so. Oh wow! Yeah, obviously they didn't leave that big of an impression on me. I was actually supposed to see them live a few weeks ago. By the way, you were. Yeah. Oh. They were the they were the openers for Alanis Morissette. I was supposed to see Alanis. Uh, that concert was it was it was originally in summer of 2020. That got canceled because of COVID. It got rescheduled to a date where I could go. So. Unfortunately, never happens. Anyway, that's just it's neither here nor there. <laughs> Maybe they would have performed this song. <laughs> that would have been cool. Anyway, um, I didn't really take too much from this song. I just feel like the, I mean, it's all in the title. Like the trick is to keep breathing. So basically, like no matter what life throws at you, you got to keep going. And I think that really applies to uh, Peyton's whole uh, situation because she's having this whole downward spiral. 
And then, you know, there's a moment in the bathroom with Karen where Karen says, you'll be okay. And then she repeats herself saying, you'll be okay. That's true. That scene really does connect to the song for sure. Mm hmm. Yeah. Like, it feels like the end of the world right now, but things will be okay at the end of the day. I feel like it's just like it's a good message. I feel like it can apply for the other characters as well. Um, like Nathan and Haley, for example, and you have more to say about them, I believe, right? Yeah, I do. I mean, a lot of the characters have different struggles going on in this episode, but when I read the lyrics to the song, I thought of Nathan and Haley like almost instantly because Haley's kind of trying to figure herself out as a musician in this episode and in the episodes kind of leading up to it as well. And in a way, like Nathan is kind of dragging her down a little bit even though he was, like, pushing her forward with the music, now he's kind of holding her back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And some of the lyrics that I had pulled out from the song, um, she's not the kind of girl who likes to tell the world about the way she feels about herself. She takes a little time in making up her mind. She doesn't want to fight against the tide. And then the chorus starts, Lately, I'm not the only one. I say, never trust anyone. Always the one who has to drag her down. I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, stretching a little bit. Maybe it's a stretch, but I think that relates to them. I don't think it is. Like, in that situation, it's uh, Nathan who was dragging his wife down yep. in that instance. And she's, yeah, kind of trying to figure herself out and make up her mind about the music. Yeah, which I have some issues with, like, how that how the storyline is developed, but I also understand it. We'll get into that a little bit more as we talk about the whole daily drama of it all in this episode. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to talk about. Mm-hmm. I really can't wait. So do you want to start off with Deb and Dan? Sure. Let's talk about Phoenix and Psycho. <laughs> as Tim calls them, which I-, I was trying to see if there was like a deeper connection for that. It's literally like the movie Psycho. Yeah. Like Norman Bates Psycho mm-hmm. takes place in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh. I don't know if that's an intentional reference. <laughs> that's strange. That's really strange. <laughs> I literally Googled Phoenix and Psycho to see if anything came up, and that's what came up. So, unless there's like a deeper pop culture reference that I'm just like not privy to. So, yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> if you know what that means, please let us know on social media or on our Discord server, because <laughs> I was really intrigued by that. <laughs> so, first off, at the beginning of the episode, Lucas gets a call from the doctor. And the doctor's questioning Lucas about why he didn't get the HCM test. But at the same time, the doctor also reveals that Dan's tests were good weeks ago. Like, he passed them and is healthier. Which, by the way, is that a HIPAA violation? (laughs) I was thinking the same thing. Do we have any listeners who are medical professionals? Because seriously, tell us. Is that a medical... Is that a violation? Because I feel like that should not be revealed. (laughs) I think it is a violation. (laughs) I know that's always, like, a thing in, like, medical shows, like, that pisses, like, so many doctors off and whatnot, because yeah. there's so many things that could be considered HIPAA <laughs> violations. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, that's where my mind went as soon as I saw that scene. <laughs> that's all good. That's a good point. <laughs> anyway, keep going. So, basically, well, obviously, Deb doesn't know anything about this. And I like how, like, Lucas and Dan had that conversation at the formal, and Lucas basically confronts him about it, which in the end causes Dan to, you know, admit to Deb that, you know, his tests are fine, and the reason he lied is because he wants to be a family. 
I'm surprised the way Deb responded to that. Yeah, she took him back. I was thinking she still wanted to leave this whole time. Like, that's Mm -hmm. everything that we were getting from her perspective so far this season, that she still wanted to leave and she felt trapped. And now suddenly she's changed her mind and she hopes he's sincere about it, but... He's sincere... Do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? He's sincere about how he lied. I know. (laughs) And that's like manipulating her once again. So I don't know why Deb suddenly has a soft spot. What's really changed? Nothing. Because he still, like, manipulated his way into her house. That just shows who he fucking is. It's really... I'm sorry, Deb. It's really oh. crazy. I'm, I was shocked to see that scene. Mm-hmm. Even in a rewatch. I was really shocked to see that, so... <sighs> Deb. It's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't go with her character so far. Like... Mm-hmm. Speaking of, like, out-of-character moments, did you watch... Uh, deleted scenes yeah did you see the moment where zeb and dan uh were were together at karen's cafe and they were just completely elated that nathan and Haley were fighting i know (laughs) that is so they would not be doing that like i granted i know like you know they're you know they're pretty sneaky they you know they, they don't want their son to be married at age 17 of course like i get it um but if Nathan's, like, upset about something, I don't think they would be that elated. Not even Dan, I don't think. I think Dan would still, like, you know, be, like, supportive of his son and be like, oh, I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way right now. Yeah, and I could see them maybe saying that, but this was, like, an extreme example of it. Like, they were really, they're, like, conspiring against Nathan and Haley. Like, oh, yeah. we're, we're, we have pleasure in the fact that they're miserable. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, smiling, saying, like, Nathan Haley are fighting. <laughs> yeah, it was really kind of creepy, actually. Yeah, it's like they were, like, you know, twirling their mustaches to be like, hey, this is so excited. Our evil plan is working. <laughs> this is not who these characters are. Exactly. I mean, it makes sense if they're being called Phoenix and Psycho, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that, in that scene. Yeah. They have a split personality. Ugh. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, Dan ends up uh, telling Lucas, he's like, your secret is safe with me that you didn't take that test, but I'm not going to tell your mom you are, mm-hmm. which that short up caused some drama. Yep. I wonder what will come of this. And Lucas I don't know. He, like, once again states his reason when he's on the phone with the doctor when the, when the doctor questions him. And he's like, I just want to live a short... I'd rather live a, f- a short, full life than a long... Miserable one. Miserable or, yeah, or un- unfulfilled life or whatever. And mm. I'm thinking, you're a teenager. Like, how can you even think that way? <laughs> <laughs> I know he wants to play basketball, but, like, the doctor even said, like, there's a way ways to manage it the condition and everything so yeah exactly as a matter of fact even found out that dan is doing okay you know yeah exactly like sure yeah he had a heart attack but at the end of the day he's he's fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) so yeah when karen finds out about that can only imagine she's gonna stick her foot up his ass (laughs) (laughs) oh you're funny I don't know if you realize how funny that line is that I just said. I don't know. We'll talk later. (laughs) 
that, that, that line's funny. That it'll make sense. Not, not just to you, but to listeners as well. It'll make sense. It'll, it'll... Okay. 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 Cool. Uh, <laughs> shall we move on to uh, talking about Lucas and Anna? Yeah. So at the beginning of the episode, uh, Lucas tells Felix that Anna wasn't just a game to him, and that's why he didn't use the topless photos of her from Dare Night. And then Felix just—I guess Felix sort of like gives him permission to take to take Anna to the formal, which you know, stupid. <laughs> well, at least I'm glad that Felix knows about the truth behind the fo- photo booth photo because he needed to know that. Right, but also, who gives a fucking shit that his uh, th- that his little sister flashed a camera? No, I I get that, but he needed to know that like. Lucas wasn't as evil as he was thinking that he was, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just very controlling brother. Yeah, you know how I feel about Felix. Yep. So I need to, like, say it no, anymore? No, you, you know. Don't. <laughs> 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 Although, well, wait till we get to later. <laughs> uh, honestly, still, even, Felix is, like, the least interested aspect of this episode. Uh, I gotta say that. But anyway, uh, we see that Anna makes a move on Felix in the bedroom at the beach house. And then... <laughs> What? What <laughs> Anna makes a move on Felix. <laughs> wow. Blooper. <laughs> I don't know if I want to keep that in or cut it out entirely. What do you think? <laughs> oh, we got to keep that in. That's too good. Oh, shit. Okay. Wow. All right. <laughs> Ill. Just, okay, ill. As I was trying to say, Anna makes a move on Lucas at the beach house. <laughs> I laughing. Oh, that's too funny. I can't. All right. But anyway, but Lucas turns her down because he promised himself that next time he does this, he wanted to be in love. He's really kind about it. Which, I just, I I love seeing a teenage boy, like, in touch with his emotions. It's so fucking refreshing to see. I know. Like, she pulls her strap down and he, like, gently pushes it back up and says that. This is like a sweet, tender moment where he was being honest, you know, about what he wanted. Yeah, because I I feel like a lot of times, uh, I feel like especially, like, young boys, like, young teenage boys, like, hell, even, like, adult men, I would say, like, they feel, like, the pressure to be like, oh, I'm a man, I love, you know, I, I I gotta love the sex, blah, 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 but I feel like sex can be just as emotional of a journey for men as well, and I feel like Lucas being in touch with himself and saying, like, you know what, like, I am not ready for this. Yeah. Because I'm not ready for the emotional impact. That is, I think that's very, very powerful to say, and I really hope more, like, young men are watching One Tree Hill for stuff like this. Yeah, I I agree, and I wasn't even really thinking of it in that way, but it's true, like, this is some representation here that I feel like we need Mm -hmm. in our culture. It's usually, like, it's the emotion, like, sex is the emotional thing in regards to women and girls, but not men and boys. So, I really love saying that, and I also like that Anna, like, you know, was able to, like, push the boundary and just said, like, you know what, like, you know, because Lucas was saying, like, we could hang out still, and then Anna's like, no, you know what, I, I think I need to go home. And I think that was just a very healthy conversation to have. 
She was also drunk. Maybe that wasn't the best moment to be doing that. Anyway, like, maybe she even realized, like, okay, maybe that was a little too soon. Yeah. But, you know, Anna's also going through, like, uh, she's going through a little bit of shit, too, I feel like, in this episode. I feel like she's feeling a little bit pressured to, like, you know, have sex with a man because, I mean, we saw the moment during the formal where it was more of a jab at Peyton. Uh, Felix makes a homophobic remark because Peyton compliments Anna, says she looks gorgeous, and then Felix is like, I didn't know this is a lesbian mixer. And then a bunch of people laugh. Then Anna's like, yeah, don't be so gay, Peyton. So I almost wonder if, like, Anna's trying to, like, prove something to herself by trying to be with a man at that moment. Because she obviously was, like, offended by that. Yeah, it was a really weird, awkward moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you could feel the awkwardness and Peyton looked at her like, wait, what? I was just giving you a compliment like it didn't mean anything like more than that it was just a compliment (laughs) exactly yeah and yeah there's a lot to unpack in that moment should we just move on to talking about some of uh Peyton's downward spiral yeah I really feel for her in this episode I have Mm -hmm. to say like wow like there's so many different elements that are contributing to her emotional state yeah. We start off in the episode and she's looking at the picture of Jake and Jenny and she's not getting any res- email responses from Jake. And then the whole drugs thing with Rick. Like, Rick just, like, will never go away. W- w- why are yeah. you still around? Which I gotta say, like, I mean, if he's supposed to be, like, a big, like, music producer or whatever, does he really need an all-ages club night to keep going? I know. That should be, like, the least of his worries. And didn't Karen already say, like, get out? Yeah, but she, but he says, like, he comes in to Peyton and says, like, well, just work around her. Yeah, she kicked me out, but it's fine. Like, here, listen to some music. And then he's like, you know, I got a little something in there for you, too. And it's just... Super creepy. So much. At the end of the day, though, I don't really think of... I mean, yeah, he's definitely the villain. He's a fucking creep. Like, he needs to be... He needs to be in jail, honestly. But, uh... I don't really think, like, he's the villain in this episode. I feel like the fact that, like, you know... Peyton, like, feels the need to take the cocaine. It just shows, like, where her mind is at. Because I feel like at this point, like, it's just easier for her to feel something. Or, like, feel something positive than all these negative emotions that she's having right now. I agree. It isn't really about Rick. It's about the pressure that she kind of feels to feel something, to... She's trying to cope with a lot of different things. And that mm-hmm. that seems like a solution potential solution to that um exactly even though it's just a temporary relief yeah and we also have the whole element of her mother and dealing with that grief still she's wearing yeah. her mother's dress which gives her mem- memories that kind of floods her with memories and just imagine like you know your mother has died and you're wearing her dress again and that that could definitely be triggering for sure yeah and somebody spills a drink on her dress so and, of course, that, like, gets her even more upset. It's it's just hard. And the, the, the sad thing about this is, like, I, I know I've gone through situations like this, and I'm sure you may have as well, where, like, you know, like, every single situation that Peyton is going through is, like, so small and tiny. But when you combine all of them together, it can really send you on a downward spiral. Mm-hmm. And... I feel for that. It's just like one thing piles on top of the next and the next, and then it becomes like this whole big thing. Mm-hmm. 
Like, even Peyton trying to say, like, uh, we know when she did, when she was at the confessional booth on Terror Night, she said, like, I have a good life. And, like, yeah, overall, everything is great. It's It seems like everything is great right now, but, like, when each small thin piles on top of the other, it just gets really fucking hard. She needs therapy. And, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but this character doesn't really ever get what she deserves in regards to mental health and coping with you know, all these different struggles throughout her life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that really bothers me. And I know they highlight that on Drama Queens, too, so. Yes. Even Hillary Burton Morgan says the same thing. She's like, like, I- I'm hoping Peyton is in therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's so much unresolved trauma that she hasn't dealt with. And just wait until we get deeper into the series. <laughs> like, there's just so <laughs> many other things that are popping into my head right now. It's really kind of wild what they do to this character. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but pretty much like you know the a bunch of things culminate though when she's like cleaning her her mom's dress and the in the bathroom and then she ends up pouring some cocaine on top of like the cd she got from rick and I, i'm not entirely sure i know i know for i know for a fact anna says that she only did the cocaine that one time but i almost wonder are we supposed to believe that she did the cocaine right there no like in that moment because she threw it yeah, but, like, the way the editing was, like, because I didn't see any any coke on that CD. Yeah, I don't know. Unless that, unless she was looking at the CD that she was using to separate it with. The way I perceived it is that she threw it away. She decided not to do it. Yeah. And I know she says that to Anna, which I guess we, we could just believe what she said yeah, at this yeah. point. But I don't know. There was, like, a moment where I was thinking, like, is she lying? Like, did she actually do it? And you know what? Like, Peyton, if you did, you had a moment of weakness. It's okay. I totally understand. You're that she wanted to do that but damn i also just want to give you a fucking hug it's really i'm so glad that anna showed up at the end of the night and apologized for that whole moment at the formal and Mm -hmm. that she was actually there for her because it also made it clear how alone peyton is you know her dad is still not visible even though he's supposed to be traveling less he's still not visible in her life from what they show you know in the series or in the this season so far but i don't know i feel like anna coming there really highlighted the fact how how alone Peyton is and yeah exactly and even said like i appreciate the company or like stay the night and i could use the you know i could use someone here right now exactly yeah and she's also experienced some she's experienced a little bit of separation from brooke as well um because brooke's with felix and then felix had to like be a dick and be like yeah okay you're here with brooke now but at the end of the night, I'll be with Brooke. Who will you be? Who will you be with? Wow. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that. Oh, my gosh. And, like, you know what? Like, Felix, who gives a fucking shit who Peyton's with at the end of the night? That doesn't mean her life sucks just because she's not with a man. And I'm pretty sure, like, that puts some thoughts in her head, too, that she she didn't need in that moment. So, <sighs> Felix has so many issues, and I know you'll go off on a tangent about that, but, like... <laughs> The way he must feel, like, he has really low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Because the way he treats people and the stuff he says is almost like what he is internally saying to himself. And it's just, I'm not saying I feel for him, but it's just like, wow, like, he's really has some stuff to work through. I mean, he could very well be just a regular, typical victim of toxic masculinity. Yeah. I didn't know this is a lesbian mixer. Which, oh my god, like... 
hearing that line, like, brought back so many memories from, like, middle school and high school. <laughs> like I'm sure. The casual homophobia you can deal with. Um, and then, you know, there's people who are laughing, like, you know, in support, like, Eganabod, like, oh, yeah, that's funny. But, you know, obviously, like, when you get older, you don't have time for shit like that. No. If you're, if you're like, whether or not you're a part of the LGBT community, I feel like nobody has time for that shit. <laughs> you know? And I feel like casual remarks like that, like, people are a little bit more careful with their words. I'm not talking about everyone, but, like, stuff like that, like, and there's no way that I'm excusing it, but it is kind of representative of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like people would definitely be called out more if something like that was said. I seriously wonder, like, does this, do these comments still happen, like, in high school? Because we're so far removed from high school at this point that we can't, like, really... Compare. Yeah, we don't know. But I sure know those comments happened when we were in high school. Oh, yeah, for sure. But nowadays, there's, like, 17-year-old, like, bisexual TikTok stars who are, like, you know... (laughs) Who, like, share their pronouns and their bios and everything like that. And it's, like, a... It's, like, a regular, like, more... I don't want to say a mainstream thing, because that sounds, like, disingenuous to put it. But, you know, it's much more accepted nowadays. So, so, So I wonder, like, does this casual homophobia still occur? So, listeners, if you're... You know, if you're in high school, please let us know. I'd really like to hear more about that. Or if you know any high schoolers, please tell us if this casual homophobia still occurs. If it does, I'm sad. I'm really sad that it still continues. Um, But just know that it gets much better as you get older. Yeah, that's the best way to put it, really. But speaking of Felix, shall we talk about uh, the brook of it all? So, Although I fucking love Brooke in this episode. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, she's a strong character in this episode in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways with several characters, and that's true. Yeah, she's she's really good. Um, I I like that Mouth was honest, and after he heard what Brooke thought happened that night and taking her when she was drunk, and she thought Felix took her home, but really it was Mouth, and then he comes back later. During the formal, he says, well, you know what? I actually did take you home. And Felix lied about that. And then also, I didn't buy the dollhouse. Felix did. So it was like two separate lies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like she should be more mad at Felix than Mouth. But that's my personal opinion. Right. But I see in the moment, it was like she's blindsided by all these lies. So she's mad at both of them. So I get that, too. But I feel like Felix is way more to blame than the mouth is mouth just kind of went along like he he helped her that night and wasn't asking credit for it and she was not conscious until later and then the dollhouse thing because at the end of the day that was because felix asked mouth yeah so really was mouth at fault for the dollhouse right i don't know i feel like i mean he did he did agree to it i understand that it's like yeah mouth like why did you why did you fucking listen um but at the same time felix is the one who is you know, pulling all the strings here. He is. So I feel like in that moment, it was a little harsh for Brooke when she, you know, was yelling at Mouth, basically, saying, you're a liar and just like all the other guys, you're yeah. you're no different. And I'm like, ooh, that's a little harsh. I mean, I get in the moment she's she's upset. I get that. Yeah. I can, yeah, I can understand her being like, yeah, I can understand her being angry in the moments, but... I would hope that, like, you know, maybe, like, the next day she'd be like, okay, listen, Mouth, I'm I'm sorry I yelled. I'm so upset. My feelings are valid. Um, 
don't do that again. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. But Felix deserves everything fucking coming to him. Oh, for sure. And I'm curious, I can't recall what next what the next scene is between Brooke and Mouth, like, moving forward. So... Yeah, I'm not sure either. I I can't really remember that little storyline, so... Ugh, but Felix, oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) With Felix, oh my god. (laughs) Uh, Just a good way to put it. Felix, oh my god. (laughs) Because, yeah. Also, uh, fuck Felix, because more homophobia in this episode. Um, he, t- he told Mouth to wait outside the formal because he didn't want the two of them to look like they were a couple. Oh, I didn't catch that. Really? Yeah. It, 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 uh, it begins with, uh, Lucas and Anna. Mm-hmm. They're what you call, they're about to walk in and they see Mouth at the entrance and they're like, Mouth, are you headed in? And Mouth is like, yeah, in a few minutes. Uh, Felix told me to wait five minutes. So we did walk in together and we look like a couple. And Lucas is like, Mouth, come on in. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're, wow. Yeah. I, like, kind of didn't really think of that in the moment. (laughs) Who the fuck cares? (laughs) It just shows, like, how insecure Felix is. Like, it's just another example. Like, you're that worried about, I mean, people go with friends to those things, so I don't know why that would be his first thought. That's really stupid. (laughs) Because men can't go to things like that together, because that is gay. (laughs) Yuck. That's just awful. Yeah, those are types of those are types of men I do not have in my life, like at all <laughs> anymore. As a matter of fact, I feel like the the few straight guy friends I have in my life, they're all like they, they wouldn't care. They'd be like, okay, people think we're a couple, whatever. <laughs> like, Who cares what they think? Like, they, people yeah. can make their own inferences, whatever. And then you know, I feel like the good straight guys in my life will be like, they're like, oh, you know what, like. They think I'm, I'm dating Jeremy. Oh, the fa- Jeremy's a catch. The fact that I have Jeremy, great. Like those are my those are my very supportive straight guys that I have in my life. Well, <laughs> so. you know that they're very secure and with themselves. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're not worrying about what other people's thoughts are. Exactly. Uh, it's so fucking dumb. But let let's continue talking about Brooke in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think one of the highlights is the scene with Lucas on the beach. Yeah. Jeremy's Mm -hmm. grinning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't stop. He has the biggest smile ever. (laughs) Because this moment is just so great. And And it's like, Brooke kind of jabs at Lucas, you know, for the past. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's that, that quote. Do you, do you want me to read that quote? Do you want me to read that? Yes, quote? you read it. She says, "Why does everybody lie? You know, the bad guys lie to get in your bed, and the good guys lie to get in your heart." She looks at Lucas pointedly. Lucas turns away, and I'm the idiot that falls for it every time. And then that's what Lucas tells her that she's not an idiot. It is such a good scene because, like, like I said, she jabs at him. When- the quote you just read. But at the same time, there's like this friendship forming or like this ceasefire or whatever you want to call it. Like they're, is that the mm-hmm. right term? Like they're kind of. I would say, yeah, I would say ceasefire. They're kind of coming together again, like as on good terms, at least. Yeah. Before we get into like some of that stuff, though, like I just got to say the moment at the beach when Lucas offers to give her a ride home. At first, she says, no, I don't need a boy to go home. And then he walks away and she's like, wait. <laughs> that was cute. I, I really don't want to walk. 
that was a re- that was really cute. <laughs> that was adorable. But then, like, you saw you see the moment where like Lucas extends her his hand to her, and she like looks at it, like she hesitates. She is like too scared to take his hand because she's like wondering, like, oh god, like what am I getting myself into? And that is valid, and I get that. But she still takes his hand, and she goes, and the two of them had breakfast together. Mm-hmm. And then Brooke says, "We should do this more often, be friends." And the Lucas is like, "We are friends." And she's like, no, but we should be friends. And that's a totally different thing. Yeah, I, it was a powerful moment, for sure. Oh, because I feel like those characters, they were never truly friends. You know, they mm-hmm. just jumped into a relationship, whatever that was, you know. But th- this is good. Now they can actually be friends. Yeah, it shows that the two of them are developing a relationship that... It, it, didn't jump, it didn't jump right into, like, you know, coupled them. And it jumped, like, they're getting to know each other as people. And I think that's really amazing. I, I totally agree. I was going to read another quote from when they were sitting on the oh, beach. please. I wrote it down. Is it what Lucas says? Yeah, it's what Lucas says to Brooke. So it's oh, like... I, I, was hoping, I was hoping one of us wrote that down. <laughs> I did not. Go so ahead. it's after <laughs> what you already read. And yeah. basically, Brooke's like, I'm so stupid for, like, buying into all these lies, basically. And... Lucas says, you know who you are. Most people don't, you know. I mean, that's why they lie. They're afraid. People might find out who they are before they figure it out themselves. Damn. And it's true. Because Brooke does really know who she is. Yeah. Like, she's fierce like that. And that's why she's she's always honest about certain things. Mm-hmm. And <sighs> Those are qualities to look up to, for sure. I get that, too, because, I mean, if you think about it, like, Lucas didn't know who he was, and that's why he lied about cheating with Peyton. And then, of course, like, Brooke found out who he really was because of that situation. And at that time, it wasn't a very good guy. Yeah, that that's true. That's, that's a good connection as well. Very, very powerful fucking shit. And unexpected. Th- this was an unexpected moment between those two, I think, mm-hmm. personally. And, yep. I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving this. Um, <laughs> As Jeremy grins from ear to ear. <laughs> oh, gosh. Shall we move on to, like, not so pleasant things? <laughs> yeah, I feel like we haven't gotten to one of the biggest parts of this episode. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Nathan, Nathan and Haley, um, they're going through some shit. How ridiculous is it that... Haley just has to record her music on the night of the formal. Like, Chris can't possibly record any other time? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of days in a week. Only to cause drama in the show. She's supposed to, um, she's supposed to perform next weekend, right? A trick? Yeah, I, I think it's an up, it's an upcoming, like, show. So she's pre- basically preparing her set, which would be with Chris. Right. So they really didn't need to do it that night unless maybe chris is like really busy with his with his work schedule i don't i don't know i mean both of them work they you know he she has school i don't know but i guess yeah it has to cause drama yep that's why they included that because there always has to be like some reason why you're late to the formal or the big event or whatever that's important that night (laughs) like i'm just talking about shows and movies (laughs) in general like really it's so frustrating but i get it exactly and I gotta say, Chris is kind of an ass to her about how he like, you know, just keeps pressuring her, like, no, you gotta, you gotta keep going. And then he, he unplugs the clock, which I think is 
absolutely awful. And honestly, like, you know, Haley, she's so young, and I feel like she's just starting out in the music business. I don't think she understands, like, how to set boundaries at this point. And No, she doesn't really know what she's doing at all. So you're right. Yeah. yeah, there's no boundaries at all. She's just kind of following Chris's lead. And I feel like it's like that whenever you're starting off in like any industry, like, you know, you you keep thinking to your like, everybody keeps telling you like, oh, you should be lucky to be here. And you're like, and you just keep thinking like, you know what? Yeah, I am lucky to be here. And you just like follow through with like everything people are telling you. Yeah, because you don't know any better. Mm-hmm. And eventually you get older and you realize like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't need to do this anymore. And you can stick up for yourself. Haley's mm-hmm. not there yet. <laughs> she's like not, she's yeah, not confident. Exactly. Chris isn't making her too confident. Yeah. Like I know, uh, <laughs> I know like as far as like, you know, in my field of work as a writer, like, you know, if, if people try to tell me something like that today where it's like, oh, uh, you know, you're lucky to have this writing position. And I'll, I'm like, oh, what are you saying? Like, do you want to just fire me? Go ahead, fire me. <laughs> it's fine. I'm busy. I can do other things. <laughs> with this time so like i give less of a shit now i give less of a flying fuck you know but like back then i'd be like okay okay you know what i will do this i'm sorry master that sort of thing (laughs) yeah i get what you mean Um, you kind of grow into yourself you know exactly yeah but but uh, this like this whole night is just so frustrating for the reasons we just stated but like nathan is pretending like he doesn't care about formal to Haley, and then meanwhile he has this whole night planned for her with a carriage ride and everything, and it's just like, yeah. this is too much. And then he's stealing her music to to play that to surprise her at the at the um, formal, but doesn't he know that Haley wouldn't have wanted that anyway? And he was told not to go uh-huh. into her computer and take that, even though she was being secretive about it. Which was also wrong, but yeah, both of them. Like are wrong. Nathan's really being made into the victim right here, but I'm just like, like Nathan definitely violated a boundary by playing that song. He did, and I'm not sure. You know, of course, like when he found out that he, that she was recorded with Chris and she wasn't completely truthful about that situation. Of course, like he should be angry, absolutely. Um, but Haley should be angry too about him just taking that song. She should be. I think she is. Yeah. Oh, she is, but, like, there's not as much, like, attention made to it, I feel like. I feel like, uh, Haley's, like, gaslit in this whole situation. And I- and- I think Haley also makes a good point, because it's exactly what I'm thinking. It's like, Nathan, you pushed me into this music career or whatever, hobby, whatever you want to call it right now. And now, like, you have an issue with it? And you have an mm-hmm. issue with a person who's trying to help me? Who has experience, yeah. you know? And really, like, Nathan, you're that, um... He, he just, he also seems insecure. Like, he's really that threatened by Chris. Right. What does he know about Chris so far? I mean, there was that one line where Chris told him, like, you know how many guys want to nail your wife tonight? Which, honestly, like, if I was Nathan, I wouldn't necessarily be jealous of that. I would be more, like, concerned about my wife's safety. Yeah, that's true. Because, and I feel like they're making this into the, like, this whole jealousy thing about this you know, like, oh my god, is Haley going to cheat all day? I don't really think that's the whole thing. Like, Nathan, you should be worried about the fact that your wife is working with a creep. And But he never expresses that to her either, though. Like, no. when is there a moment when Nathan just, like, walks up to Haley and say, like, hey, like, you know, Chris said this, like, really misogynistic remark about you. I'm just letting you know who you're working with. You know, watch out for yourself. I'll give you the emotional space to work with him. You know, you go and do you, boo. But I am just telling you, you protect yourself. 
Yeah, I, I agree with that. I forgot about that comment he made to Nathan. Yeah. But also, too, why does, like, why does Haley lie, too? And I, okay, so, we, we they talk about that in the slumber party, because, you know, like, she's, uh, Haley's just afraid of going after what she wants, like, a guy. But, like, I feel like that's not really touched on in this episode. As a matter of fact, I feel like it's sort of, like, pushed aside. Like, I feel like this would be a great time for Haley to bring up, like, some of her insecurities with Nathan and say, like, hey, like, I, I feel this type of way. That's why I didn't say anything. Um, because Nathan didn't even know she recorded a song to begin with. I think Nathan was blindsided by all of this, the whole song thing. So he feels bad. So now he's just basically trying to make Haley feel bad for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair. It, it doesn't feel fair. It doesn't even feel justified right now. Yeah, I'm not. I don't like this. I don't either. I don't think he has a reason necessarily to be jealous right now concerned yeah concerned but not necessarily jealous and honestly like just and the whole talk to your wife (laughs) and the whole high flyers thing that's what i was gonna get to like he's just he's making her feel bad by hey guilt tripping her hey go look in my drawer and find the letter and then basically it just makes Haley feel bad because he turned high flyers down he wasn't rejected he actually turned it down and she's supposed to assume it was because of her but i don't i don't get how they I don't get that storyline. I think we've talked about this before. Like, how are they comparing these two things? High flyers and a musical career. Like, why can't they both have it? Why does one have to suffer and the other not? Like, I don't, I don't I mean, understand. I, I think it's more so about like um, uh, money situations. Cause like, while, uh, you know, while he's going to high flyers or in the summer, while he's away at summer camp, essentially, um, you know, he won't be working. He won't be putting hours in or anything like that. So I get that. Meanwhile, uh, so Haley would have to be, like, the breadwinner, and they need a dual income. They can't do this with just, like, one income, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, that's what it's about, really. Yeah, you're right, and that is what it's about. It just, I don't know, it kind of feels forced a little bit. Yeah, but at the same time, like, like Nathan's heard about high flyers for, 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 his, uh, for his relationship, and so, like, you know, keep the apartment everything. That makes sense. Like... Haley should not have to turn down a music career where, A, she can make some money if she does very well, of course, um, and B, like, you know, her making music and whatnot, it's not really taking up that much of her schedule at this current moment. No, this is the first time she's yeah. been in the studio. These kids are living some complex lives, I'll tell you. They're like <laughs> adults, but they're teenagers, and it doesn't make any sense. And if you think about right. it too hard, it really can mess with your head. <laughs> Yeah. I understand why Nathan did turn down high flyers, though, just in general. Like, just just because he, you know, was doing it for his marriage and to keep his apartment and everything. I get that. Um, but I don't like that there's a comparison being made between the high flyers and the music career, because they're not the same thing at all. No, they aren't. <laughs> I feel like you know, even if Haley wasn't pursuing a music career, I feel like he still should have turned down high flyers. Yeah. I mean, they need to work. <laughs> I don't know how they're living in an apartment. But do you want to get to this coda? Hell yeah. (laughs) Let's hear it, Jeremy. The further I go, more letters from home never arrive. That song's been in my head all day. It is The Rowan Song by Patty Griffin. Anyway, what happens as this song is playing, we see Haley reading the aforementioned letter from High Flyers, learning that Nathan turned down the opportunity to attend the camp. We go back to the beach, where Nathan ignores a phone call from Haley. We see Peyton and Anna in bed together. 
And Peyton asks Anna if she misses her old town. And Anna responds, no. The thing about moving so many times, it's not the new places that are so bad. It's like, no matter where you end up, it's hard to be yourself when you get there. Relatable. Very relatable, yeah. Uh, Then we see Lucas take Brooke home, and she suggests that they should actually be friends. And Lucas says that he'd like that. And then we see Felix watching the aforementioned scene from his window, and he seems to be visibly upset. I just roll my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) You don't deserve Brooke. (laughs) You do not. Speaking of speaking of which, uh, we're talking about our favorite moments. So I'm just gonna roll into my favorite quote. So Brooke, when she breaks up with Felix, I almost believed you were a decent guy, somebody that could care about me. But you know what? I've been lied to before, Felix, and it almost killed me. And then that's what Felix is like. I'm not like Lucas. And then Brooke says, "No, you're not. You know why? Because I'm not gonna let you in. You don't get to have me. Not my body. It sure as hell not my heart. We're done." Oh, snap. Mm. That was powerful. It really, really was. I, uh, That's all. <laughs> yeah, like I said, Brooke was really strong this episode. It's so good. Uh, honorable mention to when, uh, <laughs> to when Anna is looking for Peyton's purse, and then, he, and then she asks him for help, and then Tim is like, oh, it's a fake f- Fenzie baguette. I mean, I guess. <laughs> Which also, that could... That could be a whole other conversation about, like, you know, casual homophobia and whatnot. Like, you know what, Tim? Like, if you know what a fake Fendi baguette is, that's that's great. You know? Embrace that about yourself. That's the all. lines that they give him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the deleted scene with him. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're talking about the... He's, like, sneaking around, like, trying to, like, sit at the table where Dan was yeah. sitting, right? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I guess they were trying to steal the beach house keys, and that's what he was doing? I guess so. Oh my god, but it was really funny how he was sneaking, he was under the table, and he was behind the tree, and it was really, it was really comedic. I love it. <laughs> he was definitely a comedy mm-hmm. mule there, it was great. For sure. So, my favorite quote is what Anna says at the beginning, which is related to my intro <laughs> earlier, but I, I just love this. Okay. I could use some help with my hair. <laughs> what do you think Lucas prefers? Straight or curly? Half and half? <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> I, I had to choose that. Broken paint and the shade that they're throwing, they're like, well, <laughs> what you decide on is what you ultimately think about us. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> oh my God. It was so, so good. Um, also, wait, I gotta give a, speaking of it, I gotta give like an honorable mention to that particular quote. The thing about moving so many times. It's not the new places that are so bad. It's like, no matter where you end up, it's hard to be yourself when you get there. Because, you know, whenever you get to a new place, like whether it's like a new physical place or a new job or, you know, new town, whatever, um, it really is a struggle to like try to figure out like how much of yourself can you be. Yeah, I, I like that quote a lot too. Yes, yeah, so I feel like you're like a, you're a washed out version at first and then hopefully you eventually can be your your full authentic self. What you waiting, what you waiting, what you waiting for? <laughs> I knew that was going to be your favorite musical moment. <laughs> so I walked into this episode thinking that my favorite musical moment was um, the first single by the format, which I love that song. Wait, which one's that from? Which, it was which at the was um, formal, and it was when... 
one of the moments was when Anna was stealing the, or not stealing, she was going into Peyton's purse and found the drugs. That was one of the moments. But it was oh. just like other okay. parts of the um, formal. So I went in with that song. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> really? I always love that song. So maybe that's just a me thing. But it was on to the One Tree Hill soundtracks that I used to make, like my own original ones. Mm-hmm. That song was on the first one that I made. So I love that song. Oh. So I feel like oh, interesting. as I watched the episode, I love that song. But in terms of musical moment, I loved when the formal started and they were walking in and the Gwen Stefani, What You Waiting For, came on. Like, I just, it just had so much energy. And I love, like, you felt the excitement of the formal. Like, you were there yourself. Oh, yeah. That is a good moment, too. And, like, the camera work, like, overall, mm-hmm. the the entire formal is really good. I just felt the energy, and that song has been stuck in my head all day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That, like, that sounded like a Caitlyn song. I was like, that's probably going to be your favorite, isn't it's it? It's a Caitlyn song. <laughs> yeah. Caitlyn texted me this morning. She was like, I've been jamming out all day to this song. It's my favorite musical moment. But I wonder if you can guess what it is. And I'm like, yep, I guess. We're good. We're good. <laughs> so you know me. You know me. Yes. <laughs> I was preparing the playlist, the Spotify playlist, so then I start jamming out to the songs as I'm making them. <laughs> I was thinking you were either going to pick that one or I thought you were going to pick uh, B. Is it, is it called B, Be Your Love? Is that the name of the song? That, that was one of the songs. I can't remember when it played. It played during a moment with uh, Lucas, or Anna tries to seduce Lucas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ra- who's the, what's the name of the artist again? Rachel Yamagata. Okay. Gotcha. I thought you were going to pick that one, too, because I don't know, like, I feel like that play is sort of moment toward Sister of the Traveling Pants or one of the Alexis Bledel scenes. Does it? If Unless I'm misremembering it. Huh. I'm pretty, I'm like 95% sure. Because, you know, you and Gilmore Girls. Oh, yeah, for I sure. figured, like, you would, like, connect with that. I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah, I loved uh, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yep. Read all the books and all really? the movies. Well, Aww. they're just two movies, but... There were multiple yeah, books. I've always seen the two movies. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Those are good movies. Anyhow. Uh, what was yours? My favorite's the, the Rowan song by Patty Griffin because it's, that's been in my head all the time. That's a really nice song. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a calming song. That's the vibe I get from mm-hmm. it. And it's just it's just such a sad, like, it has a sad vibe too. Just like all the sad vibes that are going on in Dakota too. Like the further I go, more letters from home never arrive. It's it's bittersweet. Gotta say? love those codas. Mm-hmm. You gotta. All right. What's the consensus? You go first. What's your rating? <laughs> so I was like unsure, but I'm I'm going high in this episode. I'm giving it five out of five crowns. Oh wow. I get that there's issues, but this is one of the episodes that I really look forward to in season five, or season five. Yeah, we're in season five. (laughs) In season two. Damn, we only have like another three years left of this podcast. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I just always look forward to this episode and so much happens. There's just so many different scenes and the character development and I don't know, I really enjoyed talking about it too with you so that confirms my five out of five but i'm I'm assuming you're giving it much lower (laughs) you're gonna be surprised oh boy um well i know i've said countless times that like there is at least one episode that includes felix that is gonna be a five out of five right Uh i did not expect this episode to be a five out of five 
but it is five out of five tears. Oh, snap! <laughs> I wasn't expecting This is not the episode I was thinking about, by the way, as, you know, as I clarified. Um, but I don't know. This episode gave me a lot of, like, emotions. I felt very seen in many ways. And I just, I couldn't lie to myself. I was between a four and a five. I wanted to be like, oh, it's Felix is in it. Give it a four. But I feel like Felix, Felix is addressed as a villain. I feel like. So that's why I have space to give this a five out of five. Yeah, that's true. He he is in this episode. And I can't detach. Like, I know that those are some problematic scenes or whatever with him. But, like, my feelings about this episode, I can't detach from, like, my teenage self, almost. Like, I just loved this yeah. episode then. I love it now. I look forward to it. Yeah. But also those problematic moments, though, I, I really feel like even back then, like, they're not looked at as, like, this is okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I feel like it's, you know, it's okay to, you know, even if you know, even if you did love it today and you know that it's problematic, it's still okay that you love it. We talk about that all the time here. You know we have space for and this. I think, <laughs> so that moment when Anne Felix says that homophobic remark, and there's that awkwardness afterwards, like, after what Anna says, I feel like that, that in itself acknowledges that something's mm-hmm. wrong here, you know? Exactly, yeah. It's really good. Yeah, I love it. I just love the direction it's taking different storylines. Yeah. Like, I never really thought of this episode as very remarkable, honestly. But I don't know. I feel like looking at it as, like, a standalone piece of art. Like, I never particularly look forward to this episode. I always thought the episode was fine. But, like, as a standalone piece of work, there's a lot of good there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's more good to come. That's for sure. Always and Forever is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at alwaysothpod. You can also email us at alwaysothpod at gmail.com. I'm Jeremy Rodriguez, and you can find me on Twitter at RodriguezJeremy. And I'm Caitlin Illinich, and you can find me on Twitter at Miss I Reads. Outside of following our socials, the easiest way to support us is by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. That helps One Tree Hill fans new and old find us. You can also support us via Patreon, where for as low as $2 a month, you can gain access to bonus content, our private Discord server where you can chat with us and other listeners, and early episode releases. Visit patreon.com slash alwaysothpod for more information. Now, if you don't want future episodes of One Tree Hill to be spoiled for you, now is the time to turn this podcast off. Otherwise, stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the music ends. We'll We'll be be seeing seeing ya. Welcome to the spoiler segment of Always and Forever. This is your last reminder to turn off the podcast if you do not want spoilers. So let's talk about why I was grinning ear to ear. <laughs> it, it legit makes me happy, too. I, I'm not going to lie. What? So obviously I'm late in forever, but I do love a good Broken Lucas season three. Like season end of season two into season three. I mm-hmm. enjoy that storyline and I like root for them. That's really interesting to think about. The fact that season three is also your favorite season, and yeah. that's the season when Brooke and Lucas are together, that's saying a lot. I'm a complicated <laughs> individual. And they also, yeah. like, so in season two and three, they aren't really pairing, well, a little bit in season three, but they aren't really pairing Peyton and Lucas together. You don't see many scenes where, like, there's this deep connection between them. They're really pushing mm-hmm. 
the Lucas and Brooke. So I feel like I kind of go with the way the narrative's taking me, if that makes sense. I gotcha, yeah, for, for sure. Um, but like, also, like, I feel like one of the biggest reasons why I love the direction the storyline goes in is because this is a true love story. I feel like Lu- Lucas and Peyton, that's a romance with like the big, like, you know, sweeping gestures and whatnot. Yeah. But like, Brooke and Lucas, like, they've come so far from like, you know, season one where it's like, it, pretty much it was mostly a sexual relationship, we could argue. Um, it was all based on like physical attraction, based on the fact that the two of them were both there. Maybe more so for Lucas than it was for Brooke. I feel like Brooke actually genuinely did have feelings. Lucas, not so much. But. You know, we see it right here. Like, this is the beginning of the two of them being friends. Because I think in season one, they never truly had, like, a connection. Like, Peyton and Lucas Mm -hmm. obviously had. Like, there's no denying that. Brooke and Lucas didn't have that spark, really. I would agree with that, too, actually. Despite, like, me shipping them even during our discussions on season one. Because, like, honestly, I feel like it's from this episode onward, this is when I become a Bruca shipper. Like, hardcore. Like, I'm on board with them. Yeah, I feel like season one doesn't do them justice, so I'm glad that they give this relationship another shot in the series, because Mm -hmm. it's really lovely how it builds up because they start as friends, and, like, that's a slow progression from now until the end of season two, when there's, at the end of season two, there's feelings that are definitely being developed between the two of them. And then that obviously carries into season three. It is, I I can see what you mean. It is a love story because that that friendship, that connection builds up and then becomes something even deeper. Exactly. And I feel like that's why it's so interesting to see. Like there's there's character development on like both of their sides, like going into this. And it's it's so fucking good. And they're better people than they were in season one. I think both Uh of them are. They're a little bit more mature and there are no secrets there's nothing um, really in between them. I mean, Felix was kind of there, but then he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're growing separately. And then they realize that because of their two uh, separate growths, they can come together and be good together. Mm-hmm. I feel like they both needed to break up to like become better people. And look, now they're better people. That happens in a lot of relationships, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. people are together, and it's just not the right moment, and then they break up, and then maybe even years later, they get back together. Yeah. And it's like a deeper relationship. I can think of several examples of people that I know of. (laughs) So Yeah, yeah, I had had two friends who were, uh, they were high school sweethearts, like, pretty much, like, all four years of high school, and then they broke up when they went to college. They were adults, like, 24, 25. They got back together. They're now married with a child. Yeah, so timing... Is part of your relationship, you know, if the timing doesn't work or you're not in the right mm-hmm. headspace or whatever it is, the reason. Exactly. I'm so absolutely fucking delighted to see, like, Brucus develop. And then the next episode is the one where we find out that Lucas has feelings for Brooke. And then that's when he sees her kissing Felix. Yeah, you're right. We do find out pretty early on that, that Lucas has feelings. But Brooke, Brooke, yeah. it's the end of season two where it really, yeah, starts to develop. Yeah, because that's when, like, uh... Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, after she breaks up with Lucas, then they have, like, a few no, scenes No, after she breaks up with there. Felix. There's... Yeah. Lucas. <laughs> you keep swapping them. <laughs> Did I say Lucas broke up with Felix? No, you said Brooke broke up with Lucas. 
Oh my god. Oh god. You're confusing like, people. What is wrong with me? <laughs> I, I really am. That's okay. You know what? We're gonna keep that in. <laughs> But yeah, once she's done with Felix, then I think she's more open to the Lucas thing. Mm-hmm. And then I remember, like, there's a moment where she finds, like, she finds, like, Pete memorabilia under Lucas's bed or in his closet or something. And then that's when she starts to think, like, oh, he has feelings for Peyton. And, you know, she gets a little bit sad about that. And then season two, it ends with him kissing her and he says that he wants to be with her. And then she's, like, really insecure because she doesn't... She doesn't know what to do with these feelings. Yeah. And then they start a non-exclusive relationship in season three. Oh my gosh. And then had the, how many letters? What's the number? <laughs> 82. 82. Okay. I could, could remember. Yes. I know this because I was part of a campaign to get Lucas and Brooke back together. We got this. <laughs> Somebody on MySpace rounded up 82 fans and each of us wrote a letter and then they delivered them to the creator of the show. Wow. So I wrote a letter explaining why Brooke and Lucas need to be together. I wish I had it. I wish I had, like, it <laughs> typed up somewhere. Because that would be gold content, uh-huh. for real. It really would be. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe one of our listeners, like, organized that campaign. If you do, please, like, look up my letter. Jeremy Rodriguez. You know, like, whip it up. Like, take a picture. Show it today. I would, I really would love to say I, that. I'm going to be honest. That scene is one of my favorite scenes of the whole show. And I'm a latent, I'm oh. a latent shipper, but like I love, like I said, I loved the season three, Lucas and Brooke, and that that was such a powerful scene, and it gives me goosebumps, and I love it. There are 82 letters in here, and they're all addressed to you. I wrote them all this summer, one a day, but I never sent any of them because I was afraid. Brooke, I was afraid of getting my heart broken again, like before, because you hurt me so bad, and. I was afraid to be vulnerable, and I was afraid of you and the way that you make me feel. And I know that doesn't matter now after what I did, but I just wanted you to know. This has been my summer, Luke. Wanted you. I was just too scared to admit it. Oh my god! I literally- I have not seen that scene in years, and I literally just recited it from memory. She's not reading anything right now that just- It's in my, like, honestly, it's just permanently in my DNA, and I will never, it's, it's, I I don't know. Oh my god, I don't think I could recite scenes like that. That was really, wow, that was a whole monologue. And I'm pretty sure, wait, can I do the rest of the scene? I almost wonder, can I do this from memory? Okay. And then Brooke walks out, and then Lucas is like, Brooke, what she did with Chris, it's okay. And then Brooke's like, it's not... It can't be. It's too much to forgive. And Lucas is like, well, that's too bad because I forgive you. And then she's like, you can't. And he's like, I just did. So you're just going to have to deal with it. I'm the guy for you, Brooke Davis. And I know I hurt you last time we were together, but... And then she interrupts. She says, I love you. And then he's like, I love you too. And then he puts his his hand on her face and says, pretty girl. (laughs) And then they kiss. Oh my god! You are, I, you are killing me right now. Like I, I cannot believe you just recited all that. Not reading anything. You can, you can. I am literally stunned. You just. How did you? What? Wow. I know. I 
a teen, I watched that scene over and over and over and over again. Oh my. So I feel like it's just like permanently etched into my mind, like forever. Damn. Wow. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. So... Anyway, uh, I am I am obviously, uh, as you can tell by that little uh, tangent, I'm obviously ship uh, Lucas and Peyton. <laughs> I'm obviously a Lucas and Peyton shipper, Leighton shipper all the way, you know? Because <laughs> fuck Lucas. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want those two together at all. I'm, I'm just stunned. I'm like speechless. <laughs> wow. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. There is no editing, folks. There is no editing here. He did not read a word from anything. Oh, my God. I can't. So shall we just... This is going to be quite a spoiler segment. Wow. So do you want to move on to talking about some of uh, Anna's coming out? Yes. Because this is where where the seeds are really planted, that... Anna is part of the LGBT community. And I feel like I can't really recall, like, when I first saw this, if I thought, like, she was actually gay or bisexual as she comes out as. Yeah, she comes out as bisexual. There's there's a lot of, like, from from what I remember, I definitely, you know, as I said before, I did not watch the second half of the season yet. I know there's a lot of language problems. Like, they flip back and forth between bisexual and gay, and it's like an there's issues and representation in regards to that um that's something we'll definitely unpack as we go but anyway keep going i didn't mean to interrupt yeah i don't know what i was saying (laughs) (laughs) okay so when she i don't know if when i originally was watching this if i thought like wow she might actually be gay i i can't really recall that but like knowing what i know now the scene in the bedroom with lucas makes so much sense to me because she's trying to force she's drunk first off she's coping and um she's trying to be something that she's not even though if she is bisexual then that would be yeah you know but it's like distracted her i feel like it's a way of distracting her from her feelings for exactly in this instance and i feel like that scene is so telling to me with what i know about her Mm mm-hmm that's what I was thinking, too. I, was, I wanted to say that during the space of the episode, but I was like, can't say too much. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if first-time viewers would catch on to it. I mean, they, they might, in, like, a 2021 perspective, they might see it. Yeah, I feel like I would, yeah, I feel like if knowing what I know now about the world, and yeah. I feel like I'd be able to tell, like, oh, I wonder, is she is she queer? And you know? I think the fact that, like, she was so defensive in that moment when Felix said what he said. Mm-hmm. That's like, it, yeah. she was clearly bothered by it when there was no reason, like, there was no reason to be bothered by what Peyton said. It would be more troubling to hear what Felix said, you know? that That's troubling. Exactly. That's just her trying to, like, bury these feelings that she's having. Because, because uh, obviously, I'm sure Felix knew about, like, the rumors that were happening, that she was she was dating a girl and whatnot. Um, I'm sure like he knew about all that stuff. So the fact that like you know he was using that as a way to really bully her is it, it's just it's just wrong. I don't I don't even know how else to describe it. Yeah. So Felix knew like all of the he thinks they were rumors. You know that's why they had to leave the school their last school. Mm-hmm. Why would yeah. he start something like that? You know, like why would you even that's why would you even point. go there? That's not a joke, you know? It's not a joke. It shouldn't be a joke, but knowing what happened before, 
why would he bring that up and make it a thing? Yeah, that's a great fucking point. Because now you're like you're now you're leading you're you're creating more rumors mm-hmm. now potentially, and hmm, never really thought about no, that honestly. Neither did I. Unless he was just trying to test Anna, trying. Uh, Honestly, honestly, okay, I feel like that makes it more fucked up now. You know, you, you could be, like, trying to test Anna and be like, you're not really gay. <laughs> yeah. So, he's just using that as a way to, like, test her. He likes to instigate. And he could be so heteronormative, too, that he doesn't even think that his sister could possibly be queer, either. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he probably doesn't even suspect it, that mm-hmm. the rumors, quote-unquote, were actually true. Yeah. You know, like, you know, he, and he's so, like, oblivious to the whole thing, too. Like, when um Anna confronts him about uh, writing a homophobic slur on Peyton's locker, um, he just says, oh, it's just a word. I think he's just so fucking naive and so entrenched in heteronormativity and the patriarchy that he doesn't, he doesn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know that it's way more than a word. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. He, he's not aware. <laughs> I really can't wait to watch, like, the remaining 11 episodes of this season. You know, as I uh, came out and uh, casually came out as non-binary or whatever in season two, episode five, I Will Dare, which, as of this recorded, we're recording this on September 5th, um, the I Will Dare episode airs on September 7th, and uh, I have a little life update about that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> sort of thing. Let's yeah. hear it. So... A few uh a few days ago, actually, um, because I knew the, the, the this episode was coming out, where I you know I talked to you and Jenna about like me having these big gender feelings, I wanted to tell some of my closest friends about these feelings, and it just didn't feel right not telling them before this episode came out. Now, they don't listen to this podcast or anything like that, so like I wasn't really concerned about them like finding out or anything. Yeah. Um, but it just didn't feel right to just not tell them, so. A few days ago, I told a few close friends, and <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ, they were so supportive. Oh, that's wonderful. That's all you can ask for, right? Yeah, and, and, and I'm not surprised, because they are wonderful, wonderful people. It, like, they said, like, oh, this doesn't change much between us. Like, you're, um, you know, you're you're still wonderful. You still love, we still love you, and we're so glad that you could be your full authentic self now. <laughs> and my, uh... You know, the conversation of, like, pronouns came up, too. Which, uh, another little update, like, you know, if anybody, like, sees me on social media or anything. I, uh, my pronouns were originally he slash they. I changed it to they slash he. Okay. And that's, like, a journey, like, still trying to figure out, like, what I prefer and whatnot. Anyway, my one friend, uh, my one friend Robbie, he actually asked, like, so, Jeremy, just so, you know, just so I know, like, you know, you know, because I want to be sure that I properly identify you always, like, what do you prefer? Do you prefer they or he? And I'm just like, if I get called he, I feel fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, but I will admit, like, whenever I, whenever I get called they, it's pretty exciting, and I do enjoy it. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to try doing they, because I want you to be excited all the Aww. time. Like, I didn't think much of it, like, in that moment, but, like, you know, later on, I just, like, broke down and cried just because, like, that was just, like, such a great message to hear, you know? I'm sure it it is a relief to talk to your friends about it and just to hear their support. They wouldn't be your friends if they didn't support you, no matter what. Exactly, yeah. So that's what, honestly, like, you know, to connect this this back to One Tree Hill, (laughs) I feel like it'll be a little bit easier for me to watch this arc, of Anna because like I actually have a 
great. Like, I have a better support system now, I feel like, than I did back then when I was coming out as, when I was coming out as gay. Um, you know, I had a few great people in my life who were supportive, you being one of them, Caitlin. Aww. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be different because I actually have like so many resources to turn to and I'm just very, very grateful for all of them. And not saying like watching Anna's storyline fold out won't bring up some triggering topics It won't, you know, it may be hard for like, cause I'll be reliving that time in my life, but I feel like it'll be a little bit more cathartic now because I don't have people like Felix in my life anymore. Wow. Yeah. That's a really good point. Cause you can kind of. I don't know how to put it, but, like, you've shared what you needed to share with the people that you love, and the weight of that is lifted at least a little bit, and you can just appreciate her storyline and the struggle that Anna goes through, because she, she mm-hmm. doesn't really, like, there's not a wrong or right way to come out. <laughs> Everyone has going to have a different way that they process it that they share with people so i think we can appreciate that about anna's storyline it's not perfect but what is perfect when it's a big life event for you and something you're sharing with the world yeah and it's okay to like you know to talk about these things as you're like as you're essentially going through it right now because like me like you know even me saying you know oh i'm non-binary that's i feel like that's like loaded language i don't even know if that's the right label i don't even know at this point um, just like Anna eventually, you know, I don't even think she knows the label bisexual at this current point in the story. You know, it's okay to like, you know, just essentially go through it. Like I have another friend who is, she, she says like right now that she's bisexual, but she's like, but she's, she's also at the same time, you know what? At the same time, I don't even know. I may figure out I just like women or I may figure out I just like none. Like, y- you know what? Like, it's okay to like be in that headspace where you're like, I don't fucking know <laughs> right now. I-, I feel like there's kind of, yeah, beauty in that. Like... I don't want to label myself and I want to have my own journey and figure it out in my own terms and it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just how you feel. I just got to say, I'm very grateful that I have a life filled with Peyton's and Lucas's and no Felix's. All the Felix's are gone. And you know what, listeners? If you're in the process of your own coming out journey, you know, if you have Felix's in your life, I really hope one day you will get your Lucas's and your Peyton's. Aww. That's a sweet way of putting it. And yeah, they reacted so well. Like, that's one thing. I can't wait till I get to it. Because their reactions yeah. are so good. That holds up. Oh, yeah, Peyton, for sure. And Lucas's reaction when Anna tells them. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, like when, when Anna kisses Peyton because she like, you know, she misinterprets signals and whatnot. And Peyton's not freaked Peyton's out at all. Cool she's like, it. hey, like, I'm your friend. Yeah, she's totally yeah. cool about it. It's so good. Uh, that's lovely. I love, I love that. It. Brooke, too, because when you think about it, too, like, Brooke was also a great ally in that situation, too, because she breaks up with Felix after finding out yeah. that yeah. Felix was had the audacity to use a homophobic slur. So, yeah. I, so, I have Lucas's, Peyton's, and that's Brooke's in my true. life right now. They're all in my corner. That is true, because yes. Brooke stood up to it, to the homophobia in her own way. Mm-hmm. You know, because she didn't directly have storylines with Anna, but that affected her, obviously. <laughs> The locker. Yeah, she realized, like, hey, my, my boyfriend's a homophobic piece of shit. Like, it's time to end this right mm-hmm. now. Because I don't want to be with somebody like that. <sighs> wow. This is a long yes. spoiler segment. <laughs> I was not expecting this. <laughs> anyway, you know, I just gotta say, like, you know, you know, sometimes you'll uh you'll get these uh long spoiler segments. Uh just uh don't uh and sometimes you'll get short spoiler segments. Just don't take us for granted. (laughs)
That was bad. Caitlin, I'm getting worse at this. We're good. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Anyway, don't take me for granted. That's why I said that, because don't take me for granted is the title of the next episode we are discussing, which is season two, episode 10, which we'll discuss next time. And taken from our OTH DVD box sets, Angry Words, Angry Deeds, Karen bans Lucas from the basketball team, Nathan threatens Chris, and Peyton takes a drastic step when someone starts a rumor that she is a lesbian. We'll be seeing ya. ya.